Hi, I'm David Pogue. Welcome to the RV Navigator Podcast, your digital home for the RVing lifestyle. Visit the RV Navigator homepage at rvnavigator.com for additional information about each episode. And now, here are your hosts, Ken and Martha, podcasting from their mobile studio that might be parked in a campground near you. Hello, this is Ken, your RV Navigator. And Martha, the co-pilot. And we're talking to you once again from our at-home studio, celebrating the beginning of summer for the June f- podcast. Memorial Day. On this Memorial Day the weekend. The unofficial beginning of summer. When we are always very careful, now that we are geezers, to stay at home <laughs> and stay out of the way of all of you who are struggling to find a place to camp. Which makes me want to ask you, we read more and more about people struggling to find a place to camp, and we would like to hear from our listeners whether this is indeed the case for you, because we try to counter-program ourselves (laughs) and stay out of people's way. Go in the off-season, good idea. We try not to make reservations all the time because we like to float around but certainly in the middle of winter when you're in a warm weather destination like florida we recognize the need that you have to plan way ahead so i'm wondering how it goes in the summer because we are not doing much summer but you know uh, within the last month we have decided to take a short trip up to lake geneva wisconsin not was not uh, switzerland but wisconsin and that rv trip was kind of a spur of the moment sort of thing and i I looked online at the state park in Lake Geneva, and I was able to get reservations for the 4th of July. Which really surprised us. Very much so. And uh, and here I am making the reservation in the last month, uh, which, of course, was May. And I made the reservation without any problem, choosing from a number of sites uh, with plenty of space for... Uh, us and uh, any of our friends that we wanted to bring. Uh, You know, one of my philosophies is that uh, if you better get out and use your motorhome or your RV just to test the systems and to keep it working. So we tried to do a little trip. This is only a couple days close to home so that uh, we can test out the systems and make sure that everything is still working good. We certainly don't want to have happen what what, uh, happened to us last winter when we started up the motorhome and there goes the alternator. That had been a long trip. We would have been very frustrated. And we're slightly <laughs> yes. curious to see if we have any leaks in our water lines because we didn't winterize <laughs> when we came home this time. And one night the forecast had us rushing to our storage lot and running our <laughs> furnace for the night. Oh. Um, hopefully that sufficed. It wasn't bitter cold, but it was below freezing. So, so you're listening to the RV Navigator for June 2019. Uh, episode 170. Please go to our webpage for the episode with where we will have all of the links for the things that we talk about on this episode. And that's at rvnavigator.com. And uh, send us an email. Let us know what's going on in your life so that we can make comments on it and talk about it uh, in the future months. But basically, we're home for the summer. And when we're in Florida in the winter, we always think, oh, it's so nice here. We love the great outdoors where we bought two lots. Uh, wouldn't it be nice to just move here and stay here? And because not lots have, of people do. And not have to deal. And several listeners already are living there. With um, the bad weather back home. But now that we are home and we're looking <laughs> at the weather reports from Titusville, Florida, where the discomfort index is 100 degrees now, or higher. I have installed a weather station 
station on our lot in Florida so we can keep accurate track exactly what's going track of exactly what's going on in the forecast and in the weather down there and boy and we know it's been it raining incessantly hot. and it's very very hot and that's not my cup of tea we're frustrated here in the chicago area because last month it <laughs> rained nearly every has day has your weather been as bad as ours um well <sighs> we can't complain we haven't had tornadoes and some of the stuff other snow you look at the news forecast almost or the news broadcast almost every day and you see overturned rvs and homes that have been ripped up by tornadoes Ooh. Oh, we certainly feel sorry for all those folks. So I continue to conclude what we have concluded before, (laughs) that we are very lucky to be able to follow the 70s, which is um, a goal rather than a reality, and um, be in nice parts of the country when those parts are nice. And right now I'm glad to be home. But the weather certainly has been changeable this this, uh, spring, and... We have this kind of cold front that just keeps moving back and forth across, bringing us showers every day, bringing warm temperatures one day and cold temperatures the next as the cold front or the warm front comes back and forth across the Chicagoland area. And we haven't been playing golf and tennis keep, uh, as much as we intended. These marching across the, the, the country, too, have just been devastating. And floods? But we will continue to RV and we will continue to report on everything that's going on. And now we'll be able to report to you about Harvest Hosts, which is a camping alternative we've heard about, idea. but have never taken advantage of ourselves. But you found a good deal. Well, is it still this, good? How long is the good well, deal good? Forever. Oh. <laughs> if you follow the instructions I'm about to give. Harvest Hosts, a fairly new organization that we have not taken advantage of before, but it allows for free camping at wineries and farms and places that have big parking lots, basically. Golf golf courses. Golf courses and And museums and that sort of stuff. For the most part, these are boondocking camping facilities. Opportunities. Yeah, I think they they say that's almost always. When I was poking around, there was one one that said you could have water and electric for an extra fee. Yeah, but But most of the. But one of the requirements for joining Harvest Hosts is that you have, that you're fully self contained RV. So that you don't leave anything or expect anything once you get there. And the expectation is you're only there for a night, is Yes, yeah. one night. And I, the, the camping is free, and as maybe it should be because you're just parking in a parking lot. But you get to uh, visit some very interesting places. And they have well over 1,000 sites throughout the United States of uh, wineries and other places like that that uh, welcome visitors but uh, don't really have a campground. And so you join Harvest Hosts, and the reason why you join is so that you have access to their app and database of places that you can visit. You call ahead, and you make a reservation. Most of them have uh, spaces for two or three RVs. Most of them are for uh, can accommodate large RVs as well as, of course, small ones. But uh, we are looking forward to giving Harvest Hosts a try. And we would love to hear from any of you who have uh, given Harvest Hosts a try and to tell us exactly what you think uh, they have done for you. We're not looking at it as an expense uh, thing, a way to camp inexpensively because... We're destination and experience driven. That's what I would say. Yes. If we can save we're some money, this, that's well and good. Yes. We're looking at this as a chance, an opportunity for us to visit some uh, businesses and um, 
places that we wouldn't otherwise have a chance to visit, and maybe stay overnight uh, if it's possible. Uh, and Harvest Hosts uh, have apparently done a nice job of, of making this uh, a reality. It's um, about $80 a year, and you get access to the database. From what I found poking around on the website, some of the golf courses offer discounted golf. Um, a lot of the farms have produce for sale, of course. And and part of the deal, I think, is is that you spend a little bit of money at the store that the business operates or that you participate in activities that they are. You can always buy a bottle of wine. Even if you don't drink it yourself, <laughs> you can give it to somebody else. You could buy some Happy Capper. <laughs> Our favorite wine. Our favorite wine, yes. So if you would like to join Harvest Harvest Hosts, uh, if you send me an email, I will uh, send you a coupon for $15 off, which is how I got it. Uh, this weekend they were... Uh, sent out advertisements, and I was lured into getting a Harvest Host membership. The membership cost me $79, but when I got it uh, with this discount, it was only 65 So if you would like to join for a $15 discount, send me an email, and I will send you the coupon so that you, too, can join in the $15 discount. And that's per year, so that's not really a huge savings on a if you get it for several years. Well, the whole thing isn't. Very expensive. No. It's certainly uh, two or three nights camping would, would be more than enough to pay for the subscription or the membership fee, as long as you are self-contained. And they don't have facilities. There's no uh, bathrooms or you have to be fully – self-contained means self-contained, that you're not planning on using the showers in the bathhouse or anything. So that's Harvest Host. We saw an interesting show on TV the other day about a man who looked like Grizzly. Now, this was a Sunday morning segment. Okay. Our favorite show. <laughs> Our favorite. Why? <laughs> because we were on it. <laughs> yes. As fellow uh, stars on Sunday morning, we are recommending another episode about RVing. And this was a, a man who looked like Grizzly Adams, a big, long, kind of scary beard, who was living in his van. And under some circumstances, you might think he was a homeless, derelict person. But the segment made it very clear that this was a lifestyle that he had chosen. And, and he readily agreed with the interviewer that his van was very cramped and crowded, carrying the basic necessities he needed for his life. But this was a conscious choice on his part, and he liked living in the van and living out of it for most of the day because then he had the wild open outdoors that were his living room. So RVers have to make kind of a choice when they decide to get into the RVing lifestyle, um, whether it's full-time or part-time. Our lifestyle is that we want to bring our home with us and we work hard to have the RV be as much of a home as absolutely possible. We try to bring everything with us. That's why we have a washer-dryer. Of course, it's air-conditioned. We carry our own water with us. We have uh, a couple of TVs and a satellite TV. We can and bring our bikes. We can bring our golf guy, clubs. Yeah, we, all that sort of stuff is with us. We try to make it as much like the home experience as possible. Now, I I don't know how you do it, but this guy did it kind of at the opposite end of the scale. And, of course, that's what makes it interesting uh, for you to take a look at because his lifestyle was exactly at the opposite end, living out of the RV and just basically sleeping because when you looked at his RV or his van, uh, there was only space for sleeping and everything else was taken up by 
stuff. I would guess that if he looked at our motorhome and saw all the stuff that we schlep around. <laughs> well, he, the size of it. He yeah. would find it a burden. And mm. I have to say that you you spend a lot of time fixing our stuff for one reason or another. Um, and he doesn't want to spend time doing those things. Yeah, but you got to take stuff out and put it away. And he's always messing around. Where's our stuff? I don't think he would like our motorhome. And I wouldn't like his van. <laughs> so, uh, but that's not to say that his lifestyle is not valid. And he was living in some place that we really enjoyed. It looked like the Alabama Hills, uh, right in, in California. California. So that was a, uh, and of course he was primarily boondocking. And I don't know what he was doing. Well, anyway, he has a YouTube channel which you might want to take a look at. And the YouTube channel was. Well, well, we'll provide a link. <laughs> it's he a has yellow. a website, CheapRVLiving.com. CheapRVLiving.com. And that's how he makes his money, I think. And some people live in this way because that's all that they can afford. Maybe that was true for him. But he gave the impression that this was a lifestyle choice. He liked the simplicity of it, the flexibility of it. And the people he met. Yeah. I mean, when you're outside more, you tend to meet people more than if you go in your motorhome at night and watch TV. That makes you look unfriendly. Yeah, but you got to have good weather and you got to have, uh, well, it takes a mental state in order to make this happen. And our viewers need to decide what the, you know, what they're going to do in terms of their lifestyle. A lot of people are switching in, down to bees. They will like the, the luxury of the small size vehicle with a nice interior. And they're going to live out of it instead of in it. So that's... Uh, Okay, except on bad weather and raining and snowing and all that sort of good stuff. So you, he, you have and to he decide. was in there by himself. If you had yeah. to share that space with, did he have a dog? Probably. Yeah, most people do. Um, <laughs> most people have a dog of some sort. That that would make a difference to me too. So we also found out uh, something about love bugs in Florida. We've been seeing a lot of complaints <laughs> about love bugs in this Florida. Is... It's another reason why we're glad we're not there right now. Well, we ran into a few love bugs when we went down in June last year. Not like this. But not this. like this. We have pictures and videos of our campsite down in Florida and full of of love bugs. Now, love bugs are not – that's kind of a just a colloquial name for them because they kind of piggyback on each other and fly around as a pair. They only are there apparently in May and September for about a week or so. They only live a few days. But the motorhomes and the RVs that have had their whole front plastered to the point where you can't see out the, the windshield, plastered with love bugs, but just driving a few miles is uh, unbelievable. And what from people have written, if you leave the, the bodies splashed against your uh, oh. finish, they have something kind of acidic, acidic or something yeah. inside of them that eats away at your finish. So their not guts. only are you annoyed that <laughs> they are there, um, but you have to keep stopping and washing them off or they will wreck your finish. I read that they're in Alabama too now. Well, so. in a number of states in the south, but yeah. only for a short period of time. So this really would uh, make me adjust my my. Uh, itinerary not to be there then and they especially seem to be attracted to white vehicles yeah there were white vans that just were just you couldn't tell they were white i anymore. mean uh, over the, uh, the the not just plastered on the dead on the windshield but they were plastered all the way around and white so signs that were full of them i don't know we're northerners and we have not seen bugs to this extent we get but once we did, we drove through a monarch butterfly butterflies, yeah. herd. 
and, the whole front of the motor. And they home. gathered on the radiator, and our engine got a little overheated. Oh, at that yeah, time. that was a mess, and to clean that off was a mess too. So uh, I can imagine what this is, and you have to do it. You have to clean it off every fifteen or twenty minutes as you're driving. So our viewers would not like that. My birthday present has arrived. It was ordered on the right day, but it, as usual, Ken has to be the first on his block to own gizmos and gadgets, and they were not <sighs> available I, for a consumer to purchase until May 21st. Um, three weeks later, yeah. So I have been waiting for VR, a VR headset, to really become something that was consumer friendly. VR is virtual reality. Uh huh. Well, not everybody knows that. Oh, really? Really. And virtual reality is what? Where you experience an alternative reality as if it was real. In real time. Right. And how does that work? Well, in your case, you, you got a headset, which is wireless, which was an improvement over the one that we tried at our nephew's house a few years ago. Uh-huh. You can put yourself in all sorts of spaces. Environments. Real and imagined. One of the first ones that I tried out was a return trip to the Antarctic. <laughs> Cool. Where I got to kayak uh, past icebergs and, and watch penguins and whales cavorting and climb up an icy peak. and With a, with pickaxes, with a pickaxe on your hands. Something I did not do when I was in the Antarctic. And then at the top of that mountain, there was a campground where there was a blizzard and my tent was about to blow away. And the longer you do it, the more you get absorbed into that reality as opposed to the living room where I was doing it. <laughs> With with the warm winds blowing across your face rather than the cold breezes that we saw in the Antarctic. Anyway, I purchased the Oculus Quest, which is a brand new VR headsets outfit, a complete unit with two controllers that are, of course, wireless. Up until now, you had to have a high-power computer, and it was wired to the headset. And the headset has two screens in it that go over each of your eyes so that uh, it can reproduce 3D and it's a very immersive experience because it has a bunch of sensors on the headset which track your movements. They have software which puts you into an environment and then as you turn your head or move your hands, all of that is tracked so that the room moves with your movements. Does that make sense? Well, you almost have to experience it to really understand it. To me, one of the most profound things was when you did your first roller coaster trip and you were standing standing up on the roller coaster and it well, got you so disoriented you fell on the living room floor. I literally cannot you stand up. You lost your balance. I lost my balance because the realistic sense that I was going over the edge, you know, when you go up on the roller coaster and you go over the first hill or and, and turn and twist, all of those things my body thought I should be doing but because my eyes were experiencing it, but I was not moving, and but I couldn't stand up. So it's a very strange experience. So the the nice thing about the Oculus Quest is is that it's reasonably priced. It's all self-contained, battery-operated, requires no external devices whatsoever besides downloading software. It has a lot of things that you can do besides shooting at things. I don't like to shoot at things. Yeah, there's a whole... YouTube channel and it has Wi-Fi so that it can pick up uh, off the internet and you can experience things <laughs> yesterday. 
Yesterday, I was with a guy who was free climbing El Capitan. Ooh. So you were climbing alongside him? Well, I was watching him climb. Uh I cannot imagine free climbing El Capitan. No. I mean, that's without ropes and without equipment. Just climbing. Anyway. And I did one where I was like in a drone and I was flying over Notre Dame. Uh, The footage was made before the recent fire. And along the way, uh, someone had annotated the places that had burned. And you could tell what was still existing and what was burned away. And then it also talked about what they're going to do to rebuild. There are many possibilities at this point. But it was a very educational experience. So the 3D, I don't know exactly how they make the 3D 360 uh, experience, but uh, it's very realistic when you're sitting in it. It feels, I did another one where I went up in a weather balloon during the eclipse, which is very cool Mm -hmm. to watch the shadow of the moon go across the the earth. And it felt just like you're in it. And of course you can fly on F-15s and... They have all sorts of balloons, and I was with a wing walker that was flying in a biplane. So there are all sorts of experiences, and most of them are all free, which is cool. So you can load them onto your machine, or you can watch them directly off the Internet, um, which you can't do with your computer because you just don't get the 360. Now, this, this headset, when you turn your head, the view changes, and it doesn't have... Uh, lag time so it it follows you so just a little bit of movement moves a little a lot of movement you can do a a 180 and look behind you you can look up you can look down and your hands have these controllers on them which are also tracked and they change (laughs) your hands change into various guns or or pickaxes or a paddle in the case of the kayaking that we were doing based on the activity that you're doing so it you look down and all of a sudden your hands are oh there it's a pickaxe so that you then use to climb the the side of the mountain anyway it's very realistic so when the day comes where we will no longer be able to travel an RV, as we are fortunate enough to do now, with the Oculus device on my face, I can still experience the world and travel. What a blessing that would be. Well, and one of the people says, you know, I, I have my Oculus Quest since last Friday, and I just have to say that it's an incredible, what an incredible gift this would be for someone with limited mobility or someone who can no longer travel. That is true. Mm-hmm. This would be, I've experienced some things that I... <laughs> I'm scared to do. <laughs> Don't want to do. I try. That I, yes, like climbing El Capitan without any equipment. Can you imagine that? No, I don't. I, I'm shocked. I don't even know how they got the footage. You always wonder. You wonder. They obviously had a drone or something. But I think a lot of drones must shoot 360. I'm going to figure out. Oh, that'll be our next. Oh. You need a 360 drone now. I need a 360. Well, some sort of camera so that I can take 360. <gasps> I can make my own. We can have my own YouTube channel. channel? The the RV Navigator 360 channel. The podcast will be passe. We could do the podcast in 360 VR. Who would want to watch that? Certainly not me. (laughs) How how exciting that would be. Well, dear listener. A minute minute and 20 seconds on Sunday morning will suffice. (laughs) Well, we try to keep up with the latest in technology, but... Yes, you do. 
this one is definitely at the cutting edge for us anyway, and I think you'd find it enjoyable also. And as I say, the price is quite reasonable. So you can buy it on Amazon. It comes as a complete setup. There's no extra stuff to buy. Oh, well, I should mention that there are some games and things that you can buy. It comes with a few demos. I have had my chance to blow Space Rangers out of the sky. The music beats one where you cut up things to the beat of the music. A little bit like like dancing, kind of. Yep, I've built things. Oh, good. Do you hear the sirens? Yeah, we're having a storm warning. (laughs) This program may end abruptly. (laughs) At least we're in a house with a basement. I know, but what about the RV with with hail? Oh, does that worry you? It's not going to happen. It's not. Is it? Not, it's not Tuesday, so no, it's no, a this, real this is a real warning. Well, we're supposed to have thunderstorms this afternoon. As she says, if uh, we end quickly, you will know what happened. But we'll be back. Okay, small vax. Well, we read an interesting report in Consumer Reports about handheld vacuum cleaners and how powerful and good they are. Certainly the one we bought for our executive suite for our second the one that doesn't TGO have a bag. was very light and easy to use. I like it very much. If it was just a tad smaller, I would leave it in the motorhome. And I'm surprised because we have a kind of an upright vac that we use regularly. In the motorhome, we have a one with a long extension hose. We don't have a, a whole house. It functions uh, like, functions a, whole like house. a whole house. But Consumer Reports gave very good reports to the shark. And I don't know much about them, but you can buy them fairly inexpensively. They're called places wand like, vacuums? Yeah, yeah. With the gizm- with the apparatus at the top rather than incorporated into the bottom. And they don't have bags, which is also cool. Yeah, now that so I don't know Sears what you, what, is going out of business, I worry that we won't be able to get some of our vacuum more. cleaner bags anymore. <laughs> oh, so I don't know what you use in your RV to keep it clean, but uh, we're always looking for a cool vacuum cleaner. And many of these have detached from the top so that you can use it as a portable one, too. And many of them are, are battery-powered. So, you know, in your RV, if it lasted for 15, 20 minutes, that's That'd be enough. You don't have that much to vacuum. So I'm thinking this is going to kind of put the whole house ones out of business Mm -hmm. because they just are so convenient to use. And we will be trying one out in in the not-too-distant future, we hope. Another technology. Yeah. Been noticing that uh, Amazon and Walmart are, are duking it out. Are duking it out. It's interesting that Walmart now has has free delivery within 24 hours in many places. At least around here they do, and they advertise uh, very many of the same things that Amazon has. It's interesting to see Amazon with a real competitor. And frankly, Walmart to have a real competitor in mm-hmm, Amazon. Mm-hmm. And you go to the. <laughs> have you been to the Walmart grocery store lately? Sometimes it's hard to get up and down the aisle because they have all of their shoppers loading up massive carts full of baskets of stuff that people have ordered online. And then they come, I think, to the store yeah, later in the day and pick it up and put it in their car. And they don't really have to the, choose the groceries or take the time to select the groceries. That's all done for them. It must be them. huge business because every time we go to the Walmart, there's. There's a shopper with, she's got like six or eight they kind bins of, on the cart and goes around. And, they kind of clog up the aisles, but yes. I do kind of like that they're there because when I can't find stuff. <laughs> they know where everything they is. They know where everything is. <laughs> and then I guess you just drive up later. You as a customer drive up and they just put it in your car. Or at least that's what the advertisements say. Now, Amazon, of course, can't touch that. But they do have grocery subscriptions for things, especially uh, Gro- things oh, yeah. that don't need to be refrigerated. Yeah, and we certainly have taken advantage you know, of that. Young families Although have we've stand- never bought one of the buttons. Do you have a button? 
What is that? Well, the, <laughs> you press it, and it automatically orders it, like in your d- laundry detergent. When, it, when it gets low, you press the button, and it automatically takes care of ordering it. Young families have subscriptions for diapers. Diapers and stuff like that, so that it just comes on a regular basis. And I assume that uh, Walmart has that, too. But more to the point here, I was going to talk about... Uh, tablets. F- tablets. And we love our iPads. We do. But iPads are kind of expensive, especially if you're buying one for a kid or, you know, you don't really know exactly how you're going to use it. Spending six or $700 is kind of a big expense. But both Amazon and Walmart, and Walmart in particular very recently, has its own line of tablets. And Amazon, of course, has had the fire for a long time. But they've had them on sale recently for a very reasonable price. Walmart has released two very affordable 8- and 10-inch Android tablets, which fall under Walmart's Consumer Electronics brand name on ONN. I didn't know that. I didn't either. The new tablets rolled out in stores last week and will be available soon at Walmart.com. They will come in the following sizes. One for $64 and one eight for... 8-inch s- tablet for oh, 64 Oh, yours says 8-inch. I can't read a 10.1-inch tablet for 79 A 10.1-inch tablet for 79 And a 10.1-inch tablet with detachable keyboard for 99 Wow. And what do you use your tablet for? I mostly read on mine. That's the single greatest use I make of it. And by reading, that means you see all the pictures and the magazines and newspapers. And and in books, though, do you use it? Why not buy just a Kindle? Because it's not the only thing I do on it. Uh-huh. Um, when we're on a suitcase trip, I've used it to process pictures and do email. Uh-huh. And then I didn't have to bring my laptop at all. And web browsing. And web browsing, sure. And apparently these ones that are being offered by Walmart are full Android tablets, probably limited memory, but still they would have a browser and all that sort of good stuff on them. Whereas when you go to the Amazon ecosystem, you're very much connected to Amazon, and they push the Amazon products. Not that they're not good things, but uh, and Amazon has tons of stuff, so uh, that's not to say that it's not good, but uh, you definitely have a commercial bent with this, whereas the the Walmart ones apparently are just uh, just Android tablets. But for a maximum of $99, and that comes with a keyboard. That's, yeah, because iPads are hard to type on. That's an incredibly low price uh, and a decent size, 8 and 10 inch. We might just go pick up one just to see how they work. Why? Maybe you, you need more of that living out of the van philosophy. <laughs> oh. I was so excited. This this stay at home, I actually got him to throw away two and a half garbage bags full of clothing. <coughs> we don't want to talk about this. That we moved here from our previous residence and remained unworn the entire That's time. That's why we, we live here. in Illinois, so that we can have a basement, so that we can put all of our junk in the basement. And don't you know that? Jeez. So you don't have to be worried about buying stuff, because it always has a place in the basement. But we did get a chance to go to Goodwill. Yes. That was an exciting day. Oh, retirement life is wonderful, isn't it? <laughs> Do what you want when you want. Uh, and I might just go to Walmart and check these guys out. You can look at them. I can look at them. Okay. Well, and if the screen is is good and it has a small size. And Why? Then you have one more thing you have to charge. They have batteries? Well, you have to charge <laughs> it up, don't you? It has a battery? It doesn't say anything about batteries. Well, how's it going to work? <laughs> you have to leave it plugged in? 
I they probably charge you extra for the batteries. Uh-huh. Well, anyway, they're probably competing against the uh, Amazon choices, which is very interesting to see that the two companies have these uh, competing products, which you are going to have a chance to buy at very reasonable prices. And I'm sure they must be losing money. We're stuck in the Apple ecosystem, so I'm not sure that we'll yeah, be able to get out. Yeah, we're still loyal to Apple. And is the iPad that much better? Six than what? Seven, than these? I don't know. I mean, 10 inches is I about the same I got mine for size. free. Well, not really. Yes, I did. Okay. How about uh, free movies? <laughs> oh. here, here again, I like to watch what I want to watch, which has made cord cutting, which we've talked about more than once, um, a challenge. Because inevitably, one, one of the things I want to watch right now is on acorn tv which is yet another thing you have to subscribe to and i'm trying to cut back and not have so much money we have netflix every month devoted to tv watching but then i want to watch what i want to watch well this is nice though because what this is is a which i will provide a link to you because i was surprised at how many there are an article from consumer reports once again about hundreds of tv shows and films but you can watch them, you have to watch them with commercials, but they are websites that offer free movies. And if your approach is more the turn the TV on and see what's on at this moment. Well, no, you get to choose. Around, you, you get to you choose. You could go to these channels and surf around and see what they have. Or I'm thinking, I read a review of this show, and this is the show I want to go see, and then I have to figure out where it is. And inevitably, it's on a site we don't subscribe to. Well, but you go to one of these, like Sony Crackle, and you find the the movie that you want to watch and and watch it. If it's there. Yeah. <laughs> and if it's not there. Anyway, oh, once again, here we have uh, the Amazon Internet Movie Database Free Drive. Hmm. Didn't never heard of it. No. Hoopla. Canopy, LG TV Plus. Do you have to have an LG TV to use it? Probably. Yeah. Pluto TV, the Roku channel, Snag Films. That sounds bad. Anyway, this whole list of uh, things that I didn't know about, hundreds of TV shows and free movies that you can watch uh, at your discretion. And you might want to take a look at this list. It's kind of hard to think back to the time when we were confined (laughs) to ABC, CBS, and NBC, and once in a while there'd be something on PBS that would be Well, we did watching. just see a very interesting show, and that was the uh, remake of All in the Family, uh-huh. the live broadcast of All in the Family. And the fact that All in the Family had like a third 30, of the country was 30 million it. viewers on any given night, and everybody was watching because there was no way to record it back in the early 70s. Of course, we were there watching it. We loved All in the Family. And how did you think the rebroadcast was? I, I enjoyed it because I enjoyed the scripts and I enjoyed the show. For me, it wasn't worth redoing because I'd seen it and it was so still vivid in my mind the, with the original actors. But they were fine. I thought the original actors were better, but it was it was uh, interesting to watch and certainly didn't have nearly the audience that uh, the originals had. Nothing can. Nothing can, right? Well, even, how do they know when, when Game you of, watched it? Game we, of Thrones, which has so much buzz at the moment. Well, that was only $13 million. Yeah, that's my point. The Big Bang beat it by big time. Oh, well, but still, we're all scattered all over the place watching all sorts of different things. There's so yeah. many choices now. And now you have choices for free movies, just in case you were looking, in case you're cutting the cord. 
And I, I want to also mention that our cellular data pr- plans have been working very well, and we hope that you took advantage of the Verizon prepaid plan so that you will have uh, this into the future because uh, I'm so glad I bought it even though we didn't need it. We purchased it in November and left the country. Left the country, <laughs> and just uh, this week or the last week, they canceled the plan. So, if you were planning on getting a Verizon Unlimited plan, it is no longer available. They now offer the same sixty-five dollar or sixty dollar a month plan, but you only get thirty gigabytes. But thirty is decent for most people. For most people, fine. but uh, having a, the unlimited version of it is is even better. So, we'll see. If if some other plans are made available in the not too distant future, but when Elon Musk the bottom finishes line, getting all of his satellites up in the sky, is having that just be cool? launched sixty of them last week from, uh, and we could have watched it if we'd been in Florida with the love it was bugs and too the, hot and too humid <laughs> and too full of bugs. Yeah, yeah. Oh. sixty satellites he launched in one launch, or sixty satellites were dispersed from one launch, and. That sounds like a lot, but he's got uh, something like 4,000 to put up. Wow. So It's a big earth. It's a sh- <laughs> and to offer internet, high-speed internet. To the whole earth. Wow. Can you imagine that? No. Will we be alive when it happens? Probably uh, not. Possibly. He's going to put it up by, well, in the next three or four years, I think they're going to well, put I it up. Well, I hope I'm still alive in the next three or four years. I don't know. You're turning 70 this, this month. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Cut that out. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, I didn't say anything. Ten apps every RVer needs to have. Number one, all stays. Where we did would... you get this list? <laughs> no one knows. <laughs> to me, a list like this very much depends on, on how you camp. For example, I take great offense at number eight, which is Waze. Waze is a routing app that tells you alternative routes when there's bad traffic. And I like using it in a car, but for an RVer to be careening through little intimate neighborhoods uh, to avoid some traffic. Can I put this up just for people to see? You can, but I don't agree. Then you should also add an app that I really like for RV planning, which is Enroute. I got it. No, you don't. Enroute is one I use a lot when we are traveling in the winter and I'm worried about weather conditions ahead because it allows you to A, plan a route and B, play around with when you're going to leave your current destination so you can tell how to avoid bad precipitation, bad weather. It tells you elevations. It kind of goes against my philosophy of apps because you do have to pay for it, but it's well worth it. I think think every RVer should have it. We're using that? We we do. <laughs> Where the KOA app I would never use because I don't like to go to KOAs well, and, and, in a desperate move. So this so I should just. You can put the list up there. I should just eject this list. And but don't put don't up Martha's say, Martha's favorites instead. Don't say it's Wiseman <laughs> sanctioned. That's all. I would take out Cracker Barrel too yeah. and KOA because all stays takes care of a lot. All stays of takes care of well it takes. I don't know if they take care of the Cracker Barrels. I think they're in there, too. the overnight parking, number nine, is also uh, covers the Cracker Barrels and Walmarts and all that sort of stuff that you would use for overnight. But Harvest Host would be good. Yelp, I'm surprised at. But you don't, and you don't use iExit. Why not? I have it. I know. We never exit. <laughs> <laughs> well, with a motorhome, when do we get off? We, get, we don't even get off to eat. We just go to rest areas. 
We go, we use Gas Buddy, which isn't on here either, is it? No. Is, does Flying J have an app? Probably. Probably. Everybody has an app. Okay, so. You know, and I never mind. Don't look at this. I put on Passport America, which has a nice app, and Good Sam, but those are only important to you if you subscribe to those organizations. Okay. I put on Track My Tour, which I also like, mm-hmm. and I put on TV Towers to help you aim your antenna mm. so you know where to... And I put in InRoute. That's the one I just talked about. Except that it starts with an I, not an E. It starts with an E, I think. InRoute. <laughs> it's InRoute. Okay. <laughs> oh, so we did just put the same one on, but... We just spelled it differently. <laughs> <laughs> See if you can find it. <laughs> one or the other well this would uh, there are a lot of posts when you read facebook about people saying am i going to be able to make it over this pass what's the weather going to be like and oh so in route the one i'm thinking about is very good tells you the elevations yeah. of the of your and if route, it's windy if it's going to be windy for the next uh you put in when you're going to be traveling it tells you what the weather's going to be like it tells you how curvy the road is that's the one i was talking about that's the, oh, but you just spelled it wrong <laughs> Maybe. Oh, I don't have my phone here. No. I might be wrong. It's happened. My voltage, 3605. So that's a 36-foot travel trailer. It seems to have, it seems my electrical outlets do not work on the battery only. The lights and a few other small things, is this correct? It's a long story, but I ended up, this is an email. See, I ended up. Not by choice at a park that has no power, and they won't let me run my generator after 10 p.m. Not not uncommon at all. It's very hot out here in Georgia. Not only can I not have the air conditioning, but I can't seem to get the, a fan to run because the electrical outlets apparently go dead without actual power. Just wondering if there's something I'm overlooking. <laughs> and your answer, dear Abby... Is that electricity is very confusing. (sighs) And when everything is working properly, you have no reason to think about that some of it is running from AC power and some of it is running from DC power because you are trying to have a home-like experience and at home you turn on So would you be surprised if your electrical outlets didn't work when you were not plugged in? Well, that wouldn't be the case for us. Would you be surprised? So... Oh, there goes our storm radio. <laughs> Pause. So, do you have a weather radio in your RV? You should. So that you can listen to the reports that we just listened to. And are we under a storm watch? Yes! As we talk about all the storm damage of people, and we'll probably we'll have a tornado here, but we'll be live on the RV Navigator podcast. We'll be in the basement. <laughs> Which we're not in at the moment, mm-hmm. but we could be. So, where were we? We were talking about the confusing aspect of RV living and that some things run on AC and some things run on DC. But nobody knows which is which. I know. Your lights run on DC and your plugs take AC, which is 110. But if you're lucky enough to have an inverter, it converts the AC (sighs) to DC and then you can lose power and not even realize it. That's why I'd be surprised. And, and I, I have been surprised. Yes, but this guy obviously did not have an inverter. And and you can't run an AC, an air conditioner. No, with an inverter. From a battery. From a battery. Right. So it's not going to happen. Or, or a heat, can you? No, not really. Not really. You could run a propane something or other in your furnace, 
would run on propane. But the bottom line is that you have to be very cautious about this and understand what you're getting into when you talk about electricity. You have two different kinds. The 12-volt, which run the lights and maybe a little bathroom fan and keep the refrigerator running on propane. And then you have the kind that plugs in the 110, and you can get that in your motorhome if you have a generator or an inverter, or you plug into the power. But if you're not into one of those three sources, then you're not going to have the plugs active in your RV. Am, am I right to say, you know, as you said, in most campgrounds, um, there's a 10 p.m. curfew for generators. And with our all-electric coach, we've run our generator in the evening, and we've tried to be conscientious about shutting it off by 10 p.m., yeah. and then it carries us fine until the morning. If somebody had a smaller rig, would that be a problem to just make it through the night? Shouldn't be. Yeah, that's what but I was thinking. But having one battery, is depending limited. on how is much limiting. stuff you want to do, is yeah, is very limited. And, of course, we have eight batteries, so that uh, keeps us going at least for the night. And with the solar panels, keeps us going for quite a lot longer than that. Now, do you buy a generator? Uh, you can buy a generator either at the store or you can have one installed directly in your RV. But these days you want to have a, an inverter generator because the power that it puts out is much more stable and what they call clean power so that it doesn't have any spurious signals in it that can cause problems. So I see Briggs & Stratton just is coming out with a new portable generator that uh, is offering clean power, which is good. Uh, Harbor Freight has so the Predator line, Honda, Yamaha. They all these days have the inverter generator. The inverter generator is usually much quieter and as i say the power that it puts out is much more usable for all types of electronics even electric blankets which i have wrecked <sighs> yeah which we wrecked two electric blankets because we didn't have a pure sine wave inverter and if that doesn't mean anything to you you just need to remember psw when you are looking at an inverter because that will provide the kind of power that electronics equipment tvs and and microwaves and other things like that need in order to function very well. Now, it's very tempting to go to the store, to Home Depot, or to Lowe's or someplace, and buy a contractor's generator. Not only are they loud and use lots of fuel, but the power that they put out is not the kind that you want for your RV. So... They do make them, but they're cheap, and a contractor is basically running uh, a compressor, an electric motor, or they're running um, a, pump, maybe? a pump, maybe, well, to, to for their air-powered tools, or they're running for drills and things like that. So they don't really care about how clean the power is and whether it's uh, completely stable. For your use in your RV, you want to have the 60-cycle 110 or 120 volts, you want it to be very consistent and very clean power so that you don't uh, cause any damage. So be careful when you go to buy a generator. Don't just buy the cheapest one. Always look these days for the inverter ones. It used to be that inverter generators were fairly expensive and not easy to find. Honda, of course, with their their line of uh, inverter inverter generators has been around for a long time, and they did very nice work with their generators. They still do. One of the nice things about the Hondas is, is that you can tie two of them together, and the Honda 2000s, and then you have 4000s, so you can run one when you only need 2000, but if you want to run the air conditioner, you 
tie two of them together and you can run your air conditioner which we did when we had our fifth wheel so we know that that works pretty well but there are differences in generators and of course money will uh, be one of the factors that uh, has you buying one that's a little bit better quality the fuel program this is almost too good to be, be true and it we only have, pertains to diesel fuel purchases right, right right we have a flying j card which is linked to our bank account. Yeah, and we get nine cents off the price. A gallon. And they take the money from us like 60 days after we've already bought the fuel, which always boggles my mind. And But it, we like it a lot. Because we can be at the fuel islands where the truckers stop, where you can't just swipe a credit card. And it's just as quick and easy as refueling your car right. at a regular pump. So, you know, if you go to the, if you're a diesel user and you go to the trucker's pumps, you have to go inside, get your credit card approved before they turn on the pump from the inside so that you can pump. It's always a hassle. Whereas this card, the Flying J card, you just swipe it and they take it right out of your checking account. Now, uh, and I'm kind of, <laughs> I'm not really recommending this. Because um, we haven't done it ourselves. Because we haven't done it ourselves, but I think we will probably look into this. But I would more be interested in hearing if you have done it <laughs> and if it's a good deal. TSD is now offering an amazing dis diesel fuel discount program to anyone who purchases diesel fuel by allowing you to purchase fuel on our EFS card system, we can save you on the average of between 20 and 40 cents per gallon at many locations. You can also download the EFS card control app to your phone to enter your card number and PIN. This app will keep track of all of your EFS charges and show you an estimated prices after discount for all locations close to you that accept EFS. We issue you the EFS card. You pull into the truck lane in the back of the store. Insert your EF card into the fuel pump. Prompt will show you to ask for specific information that verifies you as the owner. You enter the correct information and pump your diesel. And then they take the total out of your checking account the next day. Wow. 20 to 40 cents per gallon. We've occasionally happened upon fueling depots, especially in Canada, that were totally unmanned and unmarked but there was a pump and there was a place to maybe do this card business to get fuels that would be another alternative especially if it saves you 40 cents a gallon that's a lot of money so if you've used this let us know and if we decide to we'll talk about it again well i can't see any reason not to try it the worst that could happen is you pay the regular price could be quite high but yeah who knows? If they said it's especially the discount is especially high at Loves, and we're not used to going to Loves. So, okay, so another hot topic in the RV world. Something else to worry about. I know. Do you need a spare tire? Our motorhome did not come with a spare tire. We've never had a spare tire. And if it did, the both of us together wouldn't be strong <laughs> enough to lift it up. Much Our less. Our tires weigh do over two hundred pounds it. each. And I don't have a wrench that could get the tire off, and I don't know what I would do if I got it off. So we are at the mercy of roadside service. So most motorhomes the size of ours, we have 22-inch tires, 22-and-a-half-inch, so would not be feasible to have a spare tire. Now, some people carry a tire without a rim in their bays someplace, but that takes up a lot of space. And we have never had a flat tire, so 
even, no. Even when we, we went. We did in front of our house. In front of our house, yeah. <laughs> even when we went to Alaska, we didn't have a spare tire. We, we Yeah. Well, it just is not feasible to have a spare tire for us. Um, but a lot of motorhome, a lot of trailers don't have spare tires either for a very similar reason. They're hard to hard to take off. Do you need a spare tire? be nice to have, but it's not always practical. Yeah. And I think a lot of times when a, when a tire goes, it takes a lot of other stuff with it. I was, it's better to have a tire pressure monitor and come, yeah, I'd really come have to a, a stop before. So our basic philosophy about... Spare tires is probably not worth having. And, of course, this topic comes with a lot of issues for people who have trailers and overload them, which makes blowouts much more likely. In our case, we just broke our springs. We never really blew out the tires. <laughs> but the problem remained that you need to be very sensitive to the carrying capacity of your trailer and loading it in a way that all of the tires aren't overburdened because sometimes you can make one side too heavy and the other side okay and... Uh, there are a lot of issues there that you don't think about because you don't worry when you put stuff in your house that your house is going to be lopsided. Yeah. Do you know what a breakaway cable is? Yeah, I think so. Really? You do? I think so. Oh. If mechanism that I'm using to tow, in our case, a car, breaks, the breakaway cable will activate the brakes of the car and make it come to a stop rather than uh -huh. driving alongside us Very or good. running into us. <laughs> into us. Yeah, there have been people have talked about seeing their toad come up along beside of us or go off the side of the road. Uh, and, almost we had, all... and we had a breakaway cable with the fifth wheel, too. And the trailer, yeah. right? It's a very common thing. And basically what it is, it's a little uh, chain that you connect between your trailer and the tow vehicle. And it activates the brakes on the tow vehicle, on the towed, uh, sorry, on the trailer, if they become disconnected. Now, these breakaway switches can cause problems. And there was a, an interesting post on one of the websites the other day about the person was noticing that their trailer's brakes were on and they couldn't figure out why. And come to find out, of course, that the breakaway pin had come out of their trailer. So there's a pin that pops out and then the switch closes. It applies the electric brakes and your car will come to or your trailer will come to a stop. Of course, if that comes out, if a little kid comes by and yanks it out, uh, while you're not watching, the brakes will be on when you're trying to move, and that could cause some big problems. There's also the issue that if you, if whatever comes loose in your towing mechanism, like your like the hitch hitch, if that's part well, of the breakaway cable, that will come loose too. This person is is recommending that you do not attach the breakaway cable on your tow vehicle to the hitch mechanism because hitch mechanisms become disconnected and fall off their vehicle and so that wouldn't cause the brakes to come on because the the hitch would be there without the tow vehicle and they recommend that you make an eye on your license plate and hook the breakaway cable there oh another storm warning jeez so another brief interruption for the weather. <laughs> We're having a tough time getting this done today. Did you finish talking about where to put the pin and stuff? I said in the license plate Okay. Eye. So you put an eye in the license plate bolt. Is that strong enough? It shouldn't require any. Just but that still doesn't stop your kids it. from pulling this out. Right. 
or somebody coming right, by and yanking right. out the pin. That could still happen. So that's one of those things you need to check every time you, you start stop. up. Yeah. Every time you stop. Yeah. So a couple of special things that you might want to take advantage of. We noticed that uh, Marcus Lamos, how do you pronounce his name? Lamonas is how I would say it. Looks like a Greek name. The owner of Camping World Boo. will send you a personalized video if you just ask him and send him $500. $500? Just tell him what you want him to say, and he'll say it in a one-minute video, which he'll shoot on his iPhone. And there's examples. Maybe this is a business we should get into. How much would you charge uh, for or we could, Or we could be like uh, the Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. We'll, oh, make the, we'll record a greeting for your ooh. answering machine. But wait, is $500 too much? Then maybe you should hire Stormy Daniels at half the price, only 250 We think a message from her trumps Marcus's by a long shot. <laughs> <laughs> well, it would be something. I wouldn't recognize her voice, though. Uh, she would well, have it's to a, it's introduce a, it's her. It's a video. And yeah, she, you might recognize her so physique. Other, <laughs> or other parts. <laughs> My birthday was just over. That's too yeah, bad. I got you. Got it. You could do it in VR. <laughs> Does she do it in VR? If the price is right, I'm sure she would. After seeing signs all over the West, the Eastern tourist asked, "What kind of uniform does a cattle guard wear?" If you haven't been out west, this may not make sense to you. But for those of you who have, <laughs> it's pretty. Funny. It's a pretty funny question. <laughs> what kind of a uniform does a cattle guard wear? <laughs> well, we are about to head off on a, a short trip to Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. Uh, if you'll be there in the next month, uh, you might see us at a campground near you. Otherwise, we will be home enjoying the Fourth of July and all of July in hot, steamy Chicago. It's not as bad as Florida. Yep. Um, That takes care of June. And we'll see you in July. (laughs) (laughs) It's always fun talking to you. We welcome your emails and questions and comments. They keep us motivated, and we hope to hear from you if we don't see you at a campground near us. Happy travels.